Acts chapter 2, we are continuing our study on the church, God's design for the church, God's purpose for the church. And one of God's designs and purposes um, we oftentimes overlook in in understanding his analogies that he's brought out. We've seen that he brings out the analogy of, of a body, of a family, of a temple. And in the book of Acts, you really find the, the church in action. You really find um, how it was working, and you see the early church uh, functioning, and there's much we can learn from that. And we have looked at various parts of this passage in Acts chapter 2. But notice verse 43. And fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done by the apostles. And all that believed were together and had all things common, and sold their possessions and goods, and parted them to all men as every man had need. And they, continuing daily with one accord in the temple, And breaking bread from house to house did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. Let's bow together in prayer. Lord, I pray that you would help us to understand your mind as it relates to these issues today. And not only to just understand, but Lord, to see it work out of our lives, to see it um, truly become a reality that would bring glory to you. So, Lord, I acknowledge my helplessness in these matters. I look to your Spirit to do the ministering today as we yield to you in Jesus' name. Amen. I I have always enjoyed... um, Various aspects of sports, but I've always enjoyed seeing a team that really functions as a team. Um, I am not a Kansas City Royals fan. I am a Minnesota Twins fan growing up in Minnesota. But this fall, as, um, as the Royals began their again push, to the World Series, I found myself rooting for them because they really worked together as a team. They, they were evident of having a, a team spirit, and, and it didn't matter how they got it done as long as they got it done. I, I love stories like that. I love seeing things work together, and, uh, and not always does it work out well, but... Um, you know, I, I enjoyed the teamwork that was manifested there. I, um, as most of you know, my tendencies lean toward the Iowa Hawkeyes, but they, they always weren't that way. I was born in Minnesota, and so I was a Minnesota Gopher fan. And, um, and we moved to Esterville, Iowa, and that's not far from the Minnesota border, but it's miles away culture-wise from Minnesota. I mean, I thought 
still in northern Iowa, Esterville. It's the winter capital of winter sports capital of Iowa that they'd play hockey. No, they didn't play hockey. And and so it was a culture shock to me, but I I still hung on to uh, the Minnesota Gophers. But then in 1977, graduated from college, got married, and we were living in Clio, and the University of Iowa had a new football coach, and his name was Hayden Fry. And I just started watching that from... Because it's in the newspapers, it's in the news, I started watching. As you may or may not know, Iowa had had 20 seasons of losing records. I mean, they had the Bob Cummings years and the Frank Lauderbur years, and they had bad, bad years. And this southern guy comes in here, and he starts creating a whole new atmosphere. And I sat back and I thought, this is interesting. I mean, he did some uncanny things and and unorthodox things, and he started turning things around. And and the more I watched, the more I saw what he was doing, and and I I just appreciated um, what he was doing, and I just became a fan. And um, and have appreciated that through the years. In fact, um, the blood runs a little deeper than you may realize. When, when God called me here, and it was a, a rebuilding process, I thought, you know, Hayden Fry rebuilt the Iowa football program. I'm going to write him a letter and see maybe if he'd answer. And I wrote him a letter and said, I'm just a little preacher in a little town here in Iowa, and God's called me here, and we need to rebuild this. And you were rebuilt the Iowa football program. What, what advice do you have from me? I couldn't believe it. About a week later, I get a letter with the Iowa football logo on it in the top corner, and I open it up, and, and it's a letter from Hayden Fry. I mean, he signed it, and... And he gave me some advice on some things, and um, and I thought, wow, I mean, that he actually wrote to this little peon, you know. So, I mean, there's there's some things that go there. But I've always enjoyed seeing teams that really work. My junior year in college, I was on a team that didn't work. We had excellent talent for the most part, exception of here, okay. But there were some really talented guys on on that team, but it was all about themselves. Our senior year, we had much lesser talent, but there was a team mentality. There was a a real bonding there, and that that helped establish my value of, of team and the success that we were able to enjoy there. Now, while the word teamwork does not appear in the Bible, God's Word does contain a a lot of information about working together. Throughout the Bible, you find teams continually from the very beginning, teams working together. And whether you like it or not, you will be on a team 
the most part of your life. You will be on a team as a husband or wife, a team as a family member, a team as a community, a team as a church. But the Bible talks much about working together. From the very beginning, we read, the Bible says, let us make man in our image. It's reference to the Trinity, and they work perfectly together. And then God created an Adam and Eve, and he intended them to work together. And throughout the Bible, there's all, throughout the Old Testament, example after example of, of people coming together on a team, working together, Nehemiah, Moses leading the children of Israel, and so on. We go to the New Testament, Jesus and his disciples, and that Jesus chose the twelve. He invested his life for three and a half years in their lives. And, um, and we go on and we see the early church and developing the teamwork of working together, of choosing people to send them out as missionaries. We read here that the early church, those that believed, had all things common. And they were willing to give of their goods to meet the needs of others. You think about it. If anyone didn't need to be a part of a team, it would have been Jesus. If there was anyone that just said, I can go it alone, it would have been Jesus. But Jesus didn't do that. He established a team and and he established this aspect of of um, his disciples, and then saying, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And I think many times we fail to realize that really as a local church, we are a team. We, we oftentimes fail to view what, what God really intends to accomplish, and for that reason... We many times fail in the mission that is given to us. So this morning, I want us to look at the characteristics of a winning team. I mean, you think about it. We are representatives of Christ, and and he's called us to function as a body. If that isn't a picture of a team... A body is, is working together and submitting one to another and, and functioning as a team. So I want us to, today to look at characteristics of a winning team, and, and we are going to make application in, in the realm of church. But you can make the same application in a marriage, in a family, in a work relationship, in a community, whatever it is. First of all, there is a common goal. A common goal. Now, as believers, having received Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sin, our hearts should be filled to overflowing with praise to God. And our goal should be, I want to be, Ephesians 1.12, to the praise of His glory. I just want to bring praise to God because of who He is, what He has done for me, and there is no one that can compare to Him, and that is my goal. So, here we have, 
here's a believer, here's a believer, here's a believer, and we all look at each other and say, hey, what's your goal? I want to be to the praise of the glory of God. Hey, that's my goal. Hey, let's come together. That is our goal. That we should be to the praise of His glory. That my life would be lived to show forth the greatness of God. That should be. That's the common bond that brings us together. As we've gone, as we've been going through this series, we've mentioned that there would be no reason for this group of people to be together today were it not for Jesus Christ. I mean, we all have vast differences and um some are Hawkeyes, some are Cyclones, some are UNI Panthers, some are no sports whatsoever, and some are sports, some are um, coin collectors, some are um, hunters, some are um, scrapbookers, some are Black Friday fighters, some are, you know, there are all these differences But we have a common goal, saved by the blood of Jesus Christ. And because of that, I want to glorify Him. And because of that, joy to the world, the Lord has come. I want others to know the joy that He has given me, that my sins are forgiven, that my guilt is gone, that I'm no longer under condemnation. And we have a common goal to the praise of His glory and to spread the joy of Jesus Christ. Now see, we need to come back and be reminded of the common goal. Secondly, a winning team has trust. Confidence among the team members that their fellow team members' intentions are good And that there is no reason to be protective or careful around them because they have the same goal as I have. Now, now you think of that. Uh, Let's just see. Kurt and Andrew and Larry and Zeke. Could you guys just come right up here just for a minute here? All of them have um, trusted Christ. Just gather right there, okay? All of them have trusted Christ as Savior, and their common goal is now they want to praise God, okay? They want to say, show the difference that God has made in their life. And now I have trusted Christ as Savior, and I want, I'm a part of that group as well. So, but if I say, I, I don't know about that, Kurt Harvey. I, I don't know. Wait a minute. Why can I even think like that? Kurt has said, I am a follower of Jesus Christ. And I have said, I am a follower of Jesus Christ. So, I can trust God to lead him, and I can trust him to follow God. You know why most teams run into problems? They don't trust each other to do their job. See, we, we, 
We've learned throughout life that you can't trust a lot of people. But you bring that same mentality, and some of you are already saying, I know, I know, I've trusted somebody, and they've let me down, and I'm not going to do it again. Wait a minute. Can you trust God to work in their lives and your life for the common goal? Can you trust God in that? Look at this is every one of us. That we've said, I, I am a follower of Christ. I am joining this team and my goal is to the praise of his glory. Really? All right. Hey, I can trust you. When there is no trust, it undermines. A team trusts. A team trusts. Do, do you understand? I read a little article. There are two guys this year between them. One's name is Adam Cox, and the other is Macon Pleva. How many of you have ever heard of their name? Very few. You know what? They are just, they are as more, they are just as important to the Hawkeyes being 12-0 and 0 as guys you've never heard of. Between them, they have carried the ball once. How many of you have ever heard Jordan Kanziri? Some of you. Come on. I know you have, all right? Jordan Kanziri ran a touchdown for 28 yards Friday, and he ran another one for 68 yards or something like that. Adam Cox gave the block on one of them, and Macon Pleva gave the block on another, And the Iowa football team says those two guys, you've heard of C.J. Beathard? C.J. Beathard says those two guys go out and every play they bust their heads for us. Nobody knows those two guys. They're fullbacks. They're running backs. They're supposed to carry the ball. They've carried it once. That's a half a carry between them. You can't do that, but that's how it happened. Why? They trust each other. They said, if this is my job, I'm going to go do it. And they trust each other. Do you know what? We as Christians don't trust each other. We're, we're looking out of the corner of our, I don't know about him, you know. He, he drives forward. I'm a Chevy man. They're all junk. It's true. They'll all end up in the junkyard, right? We need to come where we say, this is my goal, to glorify God. And if that's your goal, praise God. We're in this together. Amen? You can be seated. All right, all right. There we go. We can trust each other. You can be seated, okay? There has to be a trust, and then there has to be a commitment. Commitment is usually discovered through adversity. Commitment is not dependent on gifts or abilities. Commitment is the result of choices, not conditions. See, when, when you join a church, you're making a visible commitment to Christ and His people. We've, we've lowered the bar so low on church membership that it involves no commitment. What happens? A kid goes to join a team 
And if he comes up to the coach and says, hey, coach, I just want you to know, um, I'll only be able to attend a third to a half of the practices, and um, I'm not going to be able there to be there on such and 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 such. Is he joining the team? Is he making a commitment? Or is it something that is extracurricular? Making a commitment to Christ and his people makes a powerful statement in a society that has a low commitment culture. Do you understand most bowling leagues require more of their members than many churches do? I mean, it's incredible. And sad to say, the church is often a sad reflection of its culture. Our culture is a consumer culture where everything is tailored to meet our needs and satisfy our preferences. So you can find a church of whatever preference you have, and that becomes the key. When those needs aren't met, we can always move on to the next product, the next job, the next spouse, or the next church. A follower of Christ goes counterculture. It says, I am committed to Christ and I am committed to this group because they are committed to Christ and I am here to give and not get. A commitment. Commitment is tested when the going gets really tough. Commitment is tested when someone is not lovely and they're not acting in a good manner. Commitment is tested when you're doing right and you don't see the fruit. Characteristics of a winning team involves commitment. It involves selflessness. I'm going to ask them to put up the the next item up here, what does that say to you? We is greater than me. If you go back to your math, the, the um, sign of an angle like that means greater than. We is greater than me. That, that's counter cultural in our day today. It's about me. God never intended one person to do his work. He said, I will build my church. It's a body. It's a temple, stone upon stone. One is too small a number to achieve greatness. No team succeeds unless its players put others on the team ahead of themselves. But being selfless isn't easy. But it's necessary. It's not about me. I I told you, I like... I like stories. I don't, I really don't care what team it is, but I like, I like stories of, of teams that function 
and they die to self. Bo Bowers started every game last year for the Hawkeyes. So he's returning as a starter, middle linebacker. This year he started zero games. Not because he was injured, but because somebody beat him out. He said, yesterday or whenever, the guy in front of him got hurt, and he went into the game, he said, I knew I was ready. He said, there is no doubt in my mind. He said, I just want to win. I don't care how we do it. That's why at the beginning of the season, I said to the coach, I'll do whatever you want. I am here for this team. But he said, of course it was kind of awkward. But that's the good thing about this team. No one is selfish. No one's like, I should be playing. Rather, the attitude is, I don't care who plays or when I play as long as we get it done. Can you imagine if we brought that to Christianity? Can you imagine if it's not about us? It's not about me. It's whatever it takes to glorify God. If, if I'm never noticed, that's okay. Our generation's biggest obstacles aren't problems in the church, but problems in us. We've adopted self-centered attitudes. We believe the lie that we'll be happier the less we sacrifice or give of ourselves and of our time. But the more we clutch our time, the more we clutch our rights and selfishly claim our own life, the less we receive. You know what takes courage? What will make you grow faster than anything else? Join a local church. Lay down your selfish desires. Consider others more important than yourself. That's pretty hard to do, isn't it? Consider others more important than yourself. Humble yourself and acknowledge that you need and I need the other believers. And then invite them into your life. Spurgeon said, It is at once the most Christ-like and most happy course for a believer to cease from living for himself. On the other hand, to seek our own personal greatness is a wicked and unhappy plan of life. Its way will be grievous and its end will be fatal. Are you, to the best of your power, seeking the wealth of the church in your neighborhood, Spurgeon said. I trust you're not doing it by mischief or bitterness or scandal and weakening it by neglect. Stop complaining about what's wrong and become part of the solution. We is greater than me. Do you understand? It's dying to self. Every great team 
has a selfless spirit. And God has called us to that, to die to self. It's not about me. And then it's cooperating with others. It's learning to work together with others. It's um, identifying one another and to be encouraged and rebuked and corrected and served and serving. That's what God intended for a team, that, that there would be cooperation, that we would understand the old Swedish motto that says, Shared joy is double joy. Shared sorrow is half the sorrow. See, the secret of life is not chasing after things to enjoy them for ourselves and trying to avoid sorrows, but it's being involved in both of them with others so that we share our joys and help bear the sorrows, rejoicing with those that do rejoice and weeping with those that weep. Paul said, I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. Some plant, some water, many plant, many water, but it's God that gives the increase. And it takes that working together, laying down my rights, laying down my prerogative, and it's working together, allowing them to correct me, and encourage and me to do the same to others, to serve and be served. It's that cooperation where everyone fights for each other. There are no individuals. It's a total team effort. Think about it. Who do you really work together with in the church body? It takes perseverance. With hard work and determination and faith, we never give up and we will always move to help the team move forward toward the goal of glorifying God. We mentioned it several weeks ago in passing, but I want to call our attention to it again. You understand 1 Corinthians 13, as you hear that, you you reminded it that it's the love chapter. It wasn't written in the context of a husband and wife loving each other. It was written in the context of a team, the church. We've taken 1 Corinthians 13, and and it applies most definitely because it deals with love between a husband and wife, but we've limited it to that. It applies, and it's written to the church at Corinth, and there are major problems in the church. And he said, desire the best gift to love. And love bears all things and believes all things and endures all things and hopeth all things. That's perseverance. Because I love you, I am going to stick with you. I am going to continue to 
to minister and continue to allow you to minister. And I'm not going to throw you aside. There's perseverance that is there. Kirk Ferentz said Friday, he said, they've been tough-minded since the season began. They believe in each other, care about each other, and that's a pretty good combination. You know what my thoughts were? Would to God we could say that about we as Christians. Because you know what? It doesn't matter. 12-0, and 0, the only team that's going to matter in the end is God's team. Only team that's going to matter in the end is we're going to answer to God for how we have loved one another, and cared for one another. And God gives us examples. And and you know what? God's principles work, whether it's on a football team or in a business or in a family or in a church. When you love one another and care for one another, that's a pretty good combination. And if anybody should love one another and care for one another, it ought to be believers. They're a little different. You understand that that team, whether it's the Kansas City Royals or whatever team, is made up of all kinds of different people, but they come together to say, we want to win the championship. First Corinthians says they do it for a corruptible crown. How much more should we do it for an incorruptible crown? How much more should we be selfless? How much more should we be committed? How much more should we trust one another and work together and persevere? Why? Because our goal is not a trophy that someday will be gone. Ours is eternal. The only team that matters is God's. It alone is eternal. And what are you doing? Are you a part of the team? Are you a part of the team that's the weak link of the team that complains about this and I ought to be playing more than that and thinking about self? I scored four goals in practice, but that didn't matter. Well, number one, if you're keeping track of goals in practice, it probably tells me you have the wrong focus. It's all about the team. Whatever I can do to make this team glorify God. Do you understand? All this is going to be fleeting. Only what's done for Christ will last. The first question is, are you a member of the team? Have you trusted Christ? Can you join this group here and say, yes, I have trusted Christ for the forgiveness of my sin. I am a follower of Christ and my goal is to glorify God. There's two things there. I have trusted Christ as my Savior and my goal is to glorify God. Is that your goal? 
Or is it, I've trusted Christ, I wanted to get out of hell, I want to go to heaven, thank the Lord I'm going to heaven, and come Lord Jesus. Wait a minute, is it your goal to glorify God? If you are here today and you say, you know what, I don't know that I have trusted Christ as my Savior, you can know that today. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. You can know that today. Then, if you have, what kind of team player? Do you trust the other teammates? Are you committed? Are you in it for the long haul? There's perseverance, and you're willing to cooperate because it's not about me. It's about God and His glory. We is greater than me. Is that your attitude? Do you understand? I mean, part of me today says, come on, team, let's go. We can do this. But you've got to be wanting to be part of the team. You've got to be, you know, you get tired of being losers. I mean, I do. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? Just, well, we went out and played today. Yeah, we got it handed to us in a handbag, but we played. Look, I got the uniform on. I'm a Christian. Yeah, but we lost this family, and that family broke up, and this didn't work, and, and we're... No! The captain of our team is Jesus Christ, and he's looking for people that are willing to say, I am all in, Christ. Because you are all that matters. Heavenly Father, I pray today that you would do what no man can do in our hearts today. Lord, I pray if there is an individual here today that is, has not become a part of your team, I pray today that they would know the joy of receiving you for the forgiveness of sins and know the joy of being on your team. And then, Lord, I pray that you would cause every one of us today as team members to take a look in the mirror and to see what we can do to be a better team member to glorify you. Lord, may you make personal through your spirit, your leading in each of our lives, and may you be glorified as we see you work. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand together with our heads.